Before we start today's episode, I wanted to let you know that we start Your Power in a matter of days, and I am simply bursting at the seams with excitement. Your Power is my signature three-month program that dives into the core framework of my teachings, which is brain, body, and behavior. This course is going to change your life. That is without a shadow of a doubt the truth. This course I spent almost three years building, refining, researching, and creating based on my own personal development journey, based on what I have observed and what I have learnt. And what I have discovered is the key to creating the life of your dreams. This course is all you will ever need to know when it comes to personal development, when it comes to being the best version of yourself. It's where science meets high-level mentorship. It's where you will get to see the undeniable evidence of how everything that you desire can become your reality. It's where you get to experience learning that is badass, it is potent, it is intimate, and it's just fucking fun. This course is everything that you will ever need to know about being the best version of yourself and creating the best version of your life. Your power kicks off on the 5th of June and doors will be closing, meaning you will not have the opportunity to join or take part in the course until the next round. If the timing isn't aligned for you this time, that is okay. I will see you in the next round or whenever the time is right. But I want you to know that this three months is going to change the way you see and do life forever. So if everything else is aligned and it is merely the fear of the unknown holding you back, don't let it get to the next round and it be a wish that you did it sooner. Welcome, gorgeous human, to Your Power Podcast. My name is Em Rose, and I am a business, brain health, and personal development coach. I combine the passion that I have for science-based personal development with the experience that I have in business, and every day I get to work with powerful humans who want to create big, bold lives. I am here to educate you on the innate systems, processes, and functions that got me to where I am today. Those being the power of your brain, the profound functions of your body, and the compounding behaviors that we can use to leverage them. I am encouraging change in the narrative of what it means to create a big life. And that is by choosing to instead focus on the science of small behaviors. I educate on the tools behind the tools. I remove the bullshit. I'm here to make science sexy and I'm here to make caring about your brain and body badass. Most importantly, I'm here to show you how achieving everything that you have ever wanted for your life gets to be fucking easy. Hello, gorgeous human, and welcome to Your Power Podcast. I am so excited to have you here as always, and happy Your Power Week. I mean, technically it is next week, but that is in three days from now, so it is in the vicinity of a week, and I am literally bursting. I have been attached to my laptop the last few days 
finalizing everything for the start of the program. The onboarding modules and the videos went out this morning, so Wednesday morning, and I was literally this morning sitting there refreshing the back end, watching the students inside, like clicking on the emails and logging in and like progressing through the onboarding content. I know, very valuable way to spend my time when I have a million other things to do. But anyway, I am just ridiculously excited. The last few weeks and the next few weeks have been really just like knuckling down and getting your power up and running with everything that happens in the back end, you know, beyond the content creation and getting that all in there and getting the actual content written and done and filmed and <laughs> uploaded and all of those things. Um Beyond all of that, there is everything kind of logistics-wise to think about. So, you know, setting up the automated email sequences to go out, make, making sure the modules drop correctly and, you know, they're locked for assessments and whatnot. So there is so much going on because this program is so huge. It has been a massive job. So shout out to Jess because if she didn't exist, I would not be able to get all of this done the way that I like it, even though I know I have been driving her insane with all of the little finer details and changes that I've been asking her to make. So I'm very sorry, Jess, <laughs> but this is just me putting my fucking heart and soul into this program and I am so excited for the people inside this round to be able to start experiencing it. There are 15 people in this round, which is absolutely mind-blowing. When I decided to launch this course, I actually spoke to my coach about how I would be happy to have five people in there. So I am stoked. I'm so excited to get started. And truthfully, I'm just really excited for it to just get going, be able to actually just enjoy it and start enjoying it and start being really present inside with all of the students in there because I feel like I've just been so focused on creating the course and writing the content and doing the back end that it's going to be so nice to actually just sit back and be present and put the focus back on content for socials and, you know, focusing outwards on the content and being able to kind of anchor into my teachings in the content that I'm posting out to you guys. So that is going to be fun. In the form of a life update, that is pretty much it. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I've just been fully hustling, fully knuckling down on your power. When I'm not deep in your power, I'm with my private clients who are all just absolutely smashing it. I have the best bunch of one-on-one -on -one clients right now. They are so aligned and so beautiful and it is the best. Douglas has decided right now that this is a time to eat his carrot as loud as possible next to me. So again, as always, just pretend you don't hear anything. Other than that, what else has been going on? I took an entire weekend off last weekend, which made me itchy to think about doing, but I did it. It was wonderful. I also attempted to implement a kind of like a 5 p.m. close the laptop rule last week, which I do admit on the two nights that I did do it, I felt great. <laughs> However, I've decided I'm just going to put a little bit of a pause on that challenge until after your power is kicked off, just because it's not quite possible to manage right now. And that's okay. 
But on the weekend, I had a sleep in on the Saturday. I went and got my coffee and my dressing gown. I jumped back into bed with the puppies. Oh, no, I actually woke up with a sty on Saturday morning. I lie. I woke up with a sty on Saturday morning. That's why I took it easy on Saturday morning. Here I am pretending I was being so headstrong and forced myself to have a weekend off. But no, my body actually forced me. Um, So there was that on Saturday morning. Then I got up and played netball on Saturday afternoon fucked my hamstring during the game. So that was good. Obviously another sign that I am tired and not looking after myself. So need to pull my head in there, but that's all right. Um, Then Saturday night, we actually went out. um, I went out with some of the netball girls. We had a few drinks at one of the club's sponsors. It's a place called 38 South in Seaford, which I've only actually ever been to for their delicious coffee. So it was cool to go there at nighttime and have some special coffee. (laughs) (laughs) I was home in bed by like 11.30 on Saturday night, which was great. Still got to be my grandma self on Saturday night. And then I woke up on Sunday and it was just really shitty weather. So I just felt really called to have a doona day, cuddled up on the couch with the boys and it was the best. It's actually been so long since I've done absolutely nothing in an entire day, like had a day like that. So I definitely needed it. And then I felt on top of the world on Monday. So this week's recommendation is to not work seven days a week because you'll feel good if you take a break. (laughs) I am recording this on Wednesday. So State of Origin is tonight, which if you have been around for, well, at least since kind of the last game last year, you'll know State of Origin is like my fucking Christmas. I'm a big NRL girl. I grew up with it. I grew up watching my dad play. So Origin has always been a big deal. Hopefully when you are listening to this on Friday, the nation is just coming off a Queensland victory and my beautiful husband, Billy Slater, has another win under his belt. It's a very controversial time of the year for my family. As truth be told, I was actually born in New South Wales and my entire family is from New South Wales. Therefore, my state of origin is actually New South Wales and I should, by law, I should be a Blues supporter. It's something that drives everyone around me insane, including my good friend Penny Watts, who is a diehard Blues supporter. I literally messaged her this morning saying how today is one of the three days a year where she's not my favourite person. (laughs) But I am a Queensland supporter because... My excuse is that my parents whisked me out of New South Wales before I was old enough to give a shit about State of Origin and they moved me overseas. And then my love affair with Billy Slater started at the ripe age of 11. So Queenslander, I became. And now this year, I actually officially have a direct tie and a direct reason to being a Queensland supporter because my second son was born in Queensland. Douglas is a fraud too. He's from New South Wales, but he's a Queensland supporter. So Jeffrey is really the only real one in the family. That's okay. We've got our reason now. Um, Anyway, my good friend Jinzy is also the Queensland supporter with me and always gets around State of Origin with me. So he has booked for us to go to the sports bar, which will be unreal. Ash and I are actually going to go and work from the wine bar next door for the afternoon and then we will meet the boys there. And I'm very excited. But if you are listening to this on Friday and Queensland lost, maybe just don't talk to me until Monday. 
I am going to do something really random before I get into what I wanted to talk to you about in this episode. Actually, I'll tell you what I do want to talk to you about and then I will do the fucking random thing. As most of you may know, some of you may not, I spent the first part of this year just fully like binging on retreats. I went to three retreats in the space of about six weeks and basically my entire business model and my entire purpose and the way that I decided to show up to life completely changed because of the retreats that I went on. And now it's been two months since I was on those retreats and I guess I'm very much now in like the contemplation and reflection mode around the things that I actually took away from the retreats and what's shifted in me and what's shifted in the business by attending them and since attending them. And then most importantly, like the lessons that have really stuck with me since going to them. And now that I've had time to really kind of sit down with those lessons, I wanted to do an episode on the core things that have shifted for me since going on the retreats. I had so many people message me whilst I was there, whilst I was on them, asking me, you know, what they were like and what I was taking from them. And it's just so hard to explain what you experience and especially not when you're actually still on them and when you're in the moment. It's It really comes from a place of like, there is so much overwhelm. There is so much going on at the time. And I found that I am only now able to kind of look back and say, wow, this is this has shifted in me. This is why my business is this way, because I've held on to these things that I've learned months ago from the retreats. So that's what I wanted to talk to you about today. I wanted to give you an insight into what these kind of experiences are like and why they are so important to your human and so important to experience, to change and shift and grow who you are. And that's why I want to talk about it. So if you are thinking about attending a retreat or maybe joining like a mastermind, or if you're thinking about attending my retreat in Bali at the end of the year, which you definitely should because it's going to be insane. I wanted this to be a conversation where you can see why you would place yourself in these rooms, why people come out of these places just so profoundly shifted and why doing something like this is going to change your life and business. But I also wanted to be able to give you, I guess, a summary of like the lessons that I took from being in these experiences. And these are lessons that you can also apply to your life and to your business. But before I talk about that. I wanted to do something very random. Like I said, when I sat down to do this episode today, I felt a really, really strange pull to do a card reading. I feel as though I have been very anchored into my masculine energy lately with, you know, the focus on science and the focus on building the course and the structure. And truthfully, I have not touched my tarot card deck in months. Then after I went to see the clairvoyant, actually, holy fuck. Okay. I just had a massive realization. Okay. So after I had the experience with the clairvoyant and how much I loved that experience, I found myself doing more and leaning more into the woo-woo side of things, just like, like involuntary. Like that's just what I've been doing. And the last few days I've had those fucking card readings come up on my for you page, which 
Hasn't happened for a while. I used to get them a lot and then I stopped getting them and now they are coming up heaps again. And the last few days... I have had videos come up with the same cards being pulled in the videos, like different videos from different people doing the card readings and the same cards are being pulled. And I don't care what you think, but that shit's not a coincidence. I don't care what you say. I'm 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 calling it that's not a coincidence. But my massive realization just then that I just had was that the clairvoyant actually said to me on the day that I would be tapping into my spiritual side more. And I completely forgot that she said that until this very actual moment because I remember when she said it, I was like, mm, no, thanks, not interested. I'm not into I'm not into that shit. <laughs> anyway, fuck, I love a tangent. But when I sat down to record this episode, I just very much felt this pulled someone needed to hear something and I needed to pull some cards for someone that's listening to this episode. So here I am being a woo-woo girl and I'm going to pull some cards. Okay, give me a minute. Oh, okay. They're jumping out at me. All right. So we have pulled the Ten of Swords, the Empress, and the Six of Pentacles. Now, I have no fucking idea what any of the cards mean in depth. So I am just finding out what it says in the book. Hang on. All right, we'll start with the Ten of Swords. So the Ten of Swords has a very negative feel to it at first. Her posture and the Ten Swords in her back are the first clues to these feelings. The card often speaks not only of a sudden loss, disaster, accident, betrayal, and backstabbing, but also of victimhood and playing the martyr. This card could indicate an event that just happened or an event that is yet to occur. The Ten of Swords also reminds us of the importance of taking responsibility for our actions and not placing the entirety of the blame outside of ourselves. The Ten of Swords reminds us that we need not focus too deeply on the negatives in our lives and focus more on what we can do to make it better. The sunrise behind her reminds us that there is always hope. This card is very similar to the death card and can also signify a need for change or rebirth. Then we have the Empress, and the Empress represents the Divine Mother. She is a very feminine card and therefore calls on us to embrace our feminine side. She is kind, nurturing, motherly, fertile, sensual, and beautiful. Are you nurturing yourself enough? She could represent our mother or a mother figure in our lives. How is your relationship with this person? The Empress is engulfed in bright yellows and golds that represent the vitality, creativity, and positive energy that she emits. Her shield represents the protection we get when we surround ourselves with comforting love. Flourishing wheat surrounds her, a symbol of her nurturing energy. As a symbol of Mother Nature, the green of her cloak represents nature and prosperity. Could connecting more with nature help you achieve your goal? Her cloak is covered in pomegranates, a symbol of fertility. The empress could also be a symbol of pregnancy. That could mean a literal pregnancy, or it could refer to something being pregnant with possibilities or an abundance of opportunity. When this card appears, she tells us that our environment and the energies around us are ripe to begin the creation process. 
And finally, we have the Six of Pentacles. And the Six of Pentacles is a card of generosity, caring, and sharing the wealth. A very wealthy man travels the streets and generously gives to those less fortunate. His scales indicate that he is very fair and balanced when it comes to his charity. He tries his best to help all that he can equally. He doesn't give to others out of status or image. He truly cares about others and wishes them the best from the bottom of his heart. This card urges us to remember those who helped us in our own success and to pass that good energy along to others. It also reminds us that there is no shame in accepting others' clarity. Uh, sorry, accepting others' charity when we really need it. Just remember to pay back others later on when you can. How do you feel about giving and how do you feel about receiving? Are you generous with your resources? So I hope that resonates with whoever needed to hear that and I hope it helps you in some way because, like I said, I don't know what it was. I just had a very, very strong pull that I had to do that when I sat down to record this episode. So look at me getting all spiritual. In six months, you and I could be in Bali together. We can be doing some yoga while our private chef is cooking up a delicious breakfast before we dive into some life-changing conversations and workshops that are going to change who you are forever. The Emirates retreats are happening on the 20th of November and the 28th of November and there is not going to be an experience quite like it. Think self-discovery, personal development, business workshopping, expansion, and bougie holiday all mixed into one. You, me, nine other powerful as fuck human beings will spend four days together in our fully staffed luxury villa living in the highest frequency vortex while we experience activities, workshops, and conversations that are going to leave us coming home as completely different humans. There are only a handful of spots left in the retreat. There is a link in the show notes and there are payment plan options to suit anyone ready to make the commitment. If this episode is anything to go by, you want to be there. Okay, so I went to three separate retreats in February and March this year, and it's safe to say since those retreats, my world has completely turned upside down in the most beautiful way possible. The first one I went to was in Dramana, and that one was with a group of people who Half of them I knew, half of them I didn't. I had, you know, my safe people there. I knew people. The second one, which I have spoken about before, was in Byron. It was with a group that there was only one person that I knew and that retreat in particular was a huge edge for me, like terrifying. I have spoken about it in previous episodes. So, yeah, go back and listen to to those episodes talking about it. But it was a big, big move for me. I was very much feeling in like little fish energy before going to that particular retreat. And that was a big move for me. The third one was also in Byron. And that one was with a group of girls I had been in a mastermind with in the months prior. So we actually had gotten to know each other a little bit through the mastermind before actually going and the retreat was just a little bit more of a kind of relaxed working holiday vibe. But all three, I can safely say I came home with 
just absolutely profound lessons and things that I took from each experience. And even though they were all generally for the same purpose and all generally, you know, business retreats, they were all really, really different experiences. And I'm so glad that all three of them were so different because I took so many things, so many different things from each of them. And looking back, each one of them happened at exactly the right time that that particular style of retreat needed to happen. Um, and, you know, with, with the way that they ran and the way that they happened, I took exactly what I needed to at that point of my life and my business from each of them. And that came with a few things, one being that I went into each experience with zero expectations around what I wanted to get out of it or what it was going to be like. And two, I made sure I was really, really intuitive and really going into each space, making sure that I was super vulnerable and super open and super like, I'm just going to take this as it comes. And I was just ready to have whatever conversations came up in that moment to be able to focus on whatever I was being called to focus on in that moment. And I think that's what I will make lesson number one, vulnerability creates connection and the willingness to be vulnerable and the willingness to be open and take up space changes the entire experience that you have in a space like this. And this is just not for retreats. This is for when you're in conversations with a friend. This is in your relationships. This is in group courses or programs. I've just recorded a little section for your power on how getting the most out of the program is going to come from being open and being vulnerable and being willing to take up space, right, in our private group. So on the first retreat, I had no prior experience as to what these kind of things were. I actually, you know, I didn't have any expectations in particular. Like I just said, I did try to go in with no expectations at all. But in general, I just thought, business retreat, business things, workshops, you know, all of the above. But the first retreat actually happened about two weeks after my ex and I had broken up. And so that was obviously a really prominent theme that was happening in my life and a really prominent thought that was in my mind. And Going into the first retreat, I could have done one of two things. I could have told myself that I was going to a business retreat. I could have put on a mask. I could have ignored that part of my life and, you know, only focused on digging deep in business-related conversations or bringing business-related stuff to the surface or just talking about business and only focusing on business. Or the second option was that I could anchor into what was actually coming up for me right? And what I was actually experiencing and what I was actually feeling. And I could actually choose to be open and vulnerable and share that with the group, right? Even though it was a quote unquote business retreat. And by doing that, I could actually experience three days that would enable me to completely shift a perspective on something that was calling to be shifted in that moment, rather than trying to focus on something that I thought I should focus on. So, I chose the latter. I chose option two. I chose to be open. I chose to be vulnerable. I chose to be just flat out. I'm here. Yes, I know this is a business retreat, but what's really actually prominent in my life now and what I want to focus on is all of these feelings of self-worth and lack of self-worth that 
are flowing around this breakup, right, and everything that comes from this breakup. Instead of seeing it as a business retreat and therefore holding myself back in what I needed in that moment, when we would do group activities or when we would have conversations, I actually allowed myself to be vulnerable. I allowed myself to open up and I allowed myself to talk about what I actually really needed to talk about in that moment and what was coming up. And essentially, I spent the entire three days crying. But I also now have a tattoo of a note that was given to me on that retreat that summed up how life-changing that experience was for me. And that experience was so life-changing and I developed this entire new mindset and this entire new way of moving forward that completely shifted the relationship that I had with myself. And that happened because I was vulnerable. I was ready for people to see every version of me that was coming up in that moment. I was ready to connect. I was willing to take up space. And so that having a conversation and doing the things in that space around the way that I was feeling. So that is the first lesson that you can apply to absolutely everything in life. And that is vulnerability creates connection. Vulnerability is what creates connection, whether that is in a five minute conversation with someone or on a retreat with 20 other people whether it's in a group course or a program or if you're working as a coach or in your relationship, you're going to see more growth. You are going to see more connection. You are going to see more opportunity, the more vulnerable and the more open that you are. You are going to create deeper connections. You are going to have a deeper experience by being vulnerable and being open and being honest and being willing to take up space when you're given the opportunity to. I think that is then a good segue into my second lesson, which is that vulnerability doesn't have to look like sadness or hurt or something that you are perceiving as negative, right? Vulnerability can mean or does mean showing up in absolutely any way that feels difficult for you. Vulnerability means showing up in a way that feels like an edge for you. It can mean showing up in a particular way or to a particular conversation in a way that really makes you want to just not say anything at all or in a way where you would usually just find it easier or more comfortable to remain quiet or not do that thing, right? So vulnerability can actually look like celebrating yourself. Vulnerability can actually look like talking about your success. It can look like talking about money. It can look like telling someone that actually things are really fucking good with you right now. Vulnerability doesn't have to be when you're being vulnerable It doesn't just mean that you're sharing things that are sad or that are hurting you or that are negative, right? It can feel vulnerable to celebrate yourself. It can feel vulnerable to talk about an amazing thing that happened to you. Let's say for an example, you're having a conversation with someone and they are talking about, say, the economy, right? And they're talking about how hard things are for them at the moment and they're they're struggling with how things are and 
that can feel really vulnerable sharing with you that they are struggling, right? That can be a really vulnerable moment for them to share that with you. A lot of people on the receiving end of that would find it easy to just agree, right? If the person was asking you how you were doing in this conversation, you know, they've just told you that they're really struggling and things are really hard and the economy really sucks. And then they ask you how you're doing and how you're finding things. A lot of people are just going to tend to instantly go towards saying that things have been hard for them too, or potentially, you know, find something to bond on that's also been hard for them, right? There's this like bond happening because meeting that conversation and meeting that level of conversation, that is a lot easier and a lot less vulnerable for a lot of people than say, if actually you have a successful business or a successful career or lots of investments, and that means that you actually haven't personally felt any hard and things actually are kind of going great for you, right? It's much harder to be seen in your success and open yourself up to opinion and criticism and judgment for that success than it is to just agree and bond over that hardship, right? So for this person who's on the receiving end of this conversation, vulnerability for them might actually look like responding. It might feel vulnerable by saying, actually, my business had a really successful month. And personally, I am, you know, I'm not feeling the economic downturn myself. So, you know, I'm not going to say that I know exactly what you're going through, but just know that I'm here to support you in whatever way you need, right? Like, I'm not saying turn and, and be like, well, I'm fine. And that's fine. I'm actually just saying a lot of people would feel conditioned to think that responding in a way like that would be a lack of empathy or it would seem like they're showing off or they're rubbing it in. But if that's the honest truth, then it's the honest truth. If you're personally not feeling that hardship, why would you actually say that you are, right? Owning your truth might be what's vulnerable for you in a situation like that. It might feel vulnerable to talk about how successful your business is or how great your life is or how wonderful your relationships are. I don't know how many conversations I've been a part of where people actively find things to complain about in their relationship just to take part in the conversation and not one person in the group actually says, you know what, my relationship's actually incredible. It might be the case that they they can't actually say that in particular the groups that I've been in, but it's more likely because it's vulnerable to actually just celebrate something, especially when it's around people that don't feel or experience the same thing. It's vulnerable to celebrate something because you're opening yourself up to trigger-fueled reactions, Right. Whether you're sharing something that feels vulnerable because it's hard or upsetting or whether you're sharing something that feels vulnerable because it's a celebration, you're opening yourself up to opinions of those who are triggered by that particular thing. So your ability to be able to hold those opinions, knowing that they come from a triggered place within that human, your ability to hold that is actually going to allow you to show up in vulnerability and show up when it feels vulnerable. Because let's recall lesson number one, vulnerability creates connection. So think about where you are actually not allowing yourself to be vulnerable in your successes and think about where you might be holding yourself back from vulnerability because of potentially what you've defined vulnerability to mean. There is also potentially a level of saying that vulnerability is something we should do and so you actually find things to be upset about because you've decided that's what vulnerability is, right? 
if you've decided vulnerability means to be upset about something or to share something traumatic or to share really deep personal thoughts, then you're actually going to end up probably making things a lot deeper and a lot harder than they need to be to try and show up as vulnerable when really your vulnerability could lie in celebrating your success, talking about your business, talking about money, right? So actually have a look at what you have defined vulnerability to mean and where you're actually holding yourself back from being vulnerable. The third lesson or takeaway that has been a huge shift for me and has completely changed my relationships is understanding what it actually means to hold space. This was something that was huge for me, especially from the ADHD perspective. The idea of exactly that, holding space, is the ability to listen to someone with the intention of listening to them instead of listening to someone with the intention of responding, right? There is a huge difference. I remember a little while ago, my partner and I saw this thing that we actually began implementing and I can see now that the purpose behind this question and this concept was aligned to basically what I'm speaking about now. And I'm sure you've heard or you've seen it before, but a game changer in the relationship and in any relationship was when one of us was getting something off our chest, whether it was ranting about our day or something that happened or talking about something that upset us, the other person's only responsibility in that moment was to ask, would you like a solution or would you like comfort, right? We are generally really fucking uncomfortable with not only holding space for someone else without feeling like we need to come up with a response, but actually having space held for ourselves and, in fact, holding that space for ourselves in the first place. Holding space, what that looks like is listening. It actually just looks like silence. Leaving space after the sentence that is delivered to you is actually finished so that that person is given an opportunity to potentially go deeper or or see what else comes up, right? Because most of the time I found that when I would say something, when I would bring up something and whoever I was talking to, whether it, whether it be to the group or to an individual and they were just silent after I'd finished talking, right? They just sat there in silence after I finished my sentence. It was fucking uncomfortable at first, right? It was so uncomfortable. My first response was it made me apologize. It made me try and quickly wipe away my tears. It made me make a joke to change the subject. Like it it really brought up a lot of discomfort for me, which showed me how little I have had space held for me, right? Then after a few times, after you have someone hold space and really hold space for you a few times and you get to feel what it is like to have space held for you, that silence and that space, I learned to sit in it. And I actually, in fact, learned to go deeper. I learned to use that silence and that lack of someone else taking up the space and jumping into the space I learned to use it to go deeper and see if there was anything else that came up for me. I just allowed myself to take up that space, right, whenever I needed it in the moment. What usually came up in that silence 
was more often than not the answer or the real depth behind the way that I was feeling. And what was coming up for me in that moment, that space where no one responded, no one jumped in to add anything, no one had anything to say back to me, they just held space. That was what allowed me to explore those feelings so much deeper. So what I learned from those moments and being in those moments myself is A, as a coach and as a friend and as a partner and as someone on the receiving or listening side of a conversation, the ability to actually hold space is what is going to change the way that conversation pans out and the ability to hold space is going to be crucial for that conversation. B, Not only do I need to allow others to hold space for me instead of apologizing for my emotions or making jokes and changing the subject like I usually would, not only do I actually allow people, I I need to allow people to be there for me and hold space for me, but I actually need to make a more significant effort to hold space for myself. And I think a lot of people can relate to me on that one. When you're feeling sad, don't distract yourself with a scroll or don't distract yourself by keeping busy. Actually feel your sadness. Hold space for yourself, knowing that that is going to be so much more beneficial for your healing than pushing it away and keeping busy and ignoring the thing that is coming up. Take time to actually hold space for yourself and feel the emotions without any need to rush through them or process them or figure out why you're feeling a certain way. Just hold the space. Lesson number four for me was essentially the reason my business is what it is today and the reason my business is what it is becoming. And that is that external validation isn't the devil. (laughs) I feel as though before I attended these retreats, I was so conditioned to see external validation as something that was not ideal or not something that you should seek. I was so conditioned to believe that desiring external validation made me weak And it wasn't something that I should need or want if I was to see myself as a successful business owner. When in reality, the external awareness and the external validation that was built on these retreats around my power and the potential that I have has changed my business and frankly, my concept of self forever. And building that external awareness is something that I will continue to do for the rest of my life and the rest of my career, I will continue to seek external awareness and external validation. There is a huge difference between seeking external validation and only moving forward based on what you receive back or seeking external validation from an ego perspective, but receiving external validation and external awareness around things that you're unable to see within yourself can change your fucking life. You are always going to see yourself a certain way based on the beliefs that you have of yourself. You're always going to be collecting evidence to back up the beliefs of who you are and the beliefs around what you can achieve. And in turn, you're actually going to be, without knowing it, ignoring the evidence that may actually say or prove otherwise or in opposition to your beliefs, right? Having someone see something in you and be able to identify your blind spots 
and be able to see things that you're doing or that you might be missing within yourself is so fucking powerful. I cannot even begin to describe the difference that this has made to my life. And essentially, I guess this is the whole gist of getting a coach, right? And this is the whole gist of the power of mentorship and the power of having someone who is in that position and who is able to see your blind spots. But actually putting yourself in a space like a retreat or a coaching container or a group container and being so open and vulnerable around what you want to achieve and what you're passionate about is fucking awesome. For me, it was the second retreat where I was really actually starting to, I guess, have all of these feelings come to the surface of not feeling worthy of the money that I was making. And I wasn't actually able to truly enjoy the success of my business because I wasn't actually backing myself in where I really wanted to teach, right? I knew I was holding myself back from what I really wanted to do. And it was the conversations that I had on this retreat that changed that for me. I remember a distinct moment. We were in a group of around four or five people and I was talking about how much I had realized I wasn't actually following my self-trust in teaching what I wanted to teach, right? I had this realization that I was holding myself back because I didn't have enough self-trust. I wasn't trusting of myself. And I was talking about how I wanted to kind of take a step back and, and dive deeper into the science and dive deeper into this framework and dive deeper into framing my coaching around brain health, right? And I remember Felicity, who was one of the fucking incredible humans who was running the retreat, Felicity Morgan. And Felicity is the kind of person who will tell you how it is. She will tell you exactly what you need to hear if you need to hear it. She will be direct. She will be straight up. You know, if you come to her with something that is completely unfathomable, you'll know, right? She was listening so intently to me talking about this. She was talking, uh, sorry, she was sitting right next to me and she was, I remember she was so close to me. She had her hand resting on my leg and she was just looking me dead in the eyes as I was speaking. And she goes to me after I finished, she just looked me, looked at me and goes, you truly do not realize how much of a pioneer you are. You are so deeply integrated into paving your own way and creating your own vision that you think that you need to shift completely because it's coming so easy to you. You think that this should be hard, but you are so deeply integrating this already, you're already doing it. And that is the kind of external validation that you need along your journey, right? That is the kind of thing that Yes, you can do all of the affirmations, you can do all of the beliefs in yourself, you can do all of the rewiring of how you feel about yourself, but collecting the evidence is how you're going to get there faster. And that is how you collect the evidence. Throughout all three retreats and talking to people about what I wanted to do and the vision that I had for brain, body and behavior, it was the little comments. I One of the girls said, I so see this for you. Like you are in this absolute pioneer era, she said to me. And another, another one of them said, this is exactly what is needed in this industry. Another one said, you are made to be talking about this stuff. It's little comments like that. That is your evidence collection to shift that concept of self. It's that kind of stuff that only comes from people seeing you. And I mean, like really seeing you in exactly who you are, seeing your vulnerability in 
what you want to achieve, seeing your passion, and they're only going to see that in a space and proximity to you where you allow it. And I think that's really fucking powerful. So the lesson around external validation or external awareness is that it is something that is beneficial. And in fact, I'm going to go as far as to say crucial to your growth and it should not be demonized. You should not feel guilty or shamed or weak for needing external validation. But also what is important about external validation and external awareness is actually allowing yourself to receive the pieces of evidence that may not fit in with your current concept of self, actually allowing yourself to receive them and hear them and start to see the evidence yourself. I could have kept telling myself that no one wants to hear about the science behind personal development. I could have kept telling myself that there's no one in the industry doing what I want to do and so therefore I'm not going to be successful. I could have gone in and I could have kept that as my concept of self and decided that that's how it's going to be and that's the end of the story. And all of those comments would have been water off a duck's back, right? But actually allowing yourself to be in a place to receive that stuff and to listen and to truly fucking receive what people are trying to say to you and collect that evidence for yourself, that is where you're going to start to shift that concept of yourself and that is where the game is going to change for you. There was so much that I took from these retreats. Some other quick little things I had written down are, number one, how many hours are actually in a day when you focus on being present? <laughs> like this was huge. The days on these retreats went forever. Everyone felt the same because we weren't interested or focused on anything other than making the most of the experience that was in front of us. Our full attention was being present and was getting everything that we could out of being at this retreat and this three days. And it's incredible how long the days were and how many things we could actually shift and move through and process in the space of the day. That for me was a huge reminder of how much you can actually get done in a day, first of all, and how much you can actually achieve when you're not distracted, but also how powerful it is to be present and how powerful it is to be intentionally present. Another big one was that on the second retreat in particular, something that was really normalized for me was getting exactly what you desire. Like for everyone in that room, it was not a question as to whether they would achieve something or whether they would receive what they desired. It wasn't a question. You just did, right? You you just get to create your life. That is normal. Conversations got to be normalized like this, like the level of money people were making was normal. You know, we were having conversations around eight-figure years and that was normalized, Right. The depth of relationships that you could have was normalized. The way that you lived your life, the way that you got to live your days, that was all normalized, right? For a lot of people, the conversations that we were having on this retreat would be the stuff of dreams. Like people would never imagine that that was someone's life. But when you put yourself in a room with people that this is just how it happens for everyone, it's normalized. It's not a question whether you actually are going to be a success or not. Your success actually is just going to happen. And when you surround yourself with people who just see those particular things or things that 
you know, are once a dream as that's just how it is. There's no alternative. There is so much power in that because you're actually seeing firsthand that not only is it possible, but it's normal, right? You are reprogramming your brain to actually see that there are 20 other people around you who are going to make eight figures this year, right? There are 20 other people around you who have dream relationships, right? A huge one for me was that, was the conversations around relationships and what I thought was rare, you know, that what I imagined in romantic relationships that all this time I thought was the rarity, right? As in how healthy relationships get to be, um, the things you can expect from a partner, the things you can require or desire in a partner, the connection that you get to have, the things that partners do for you and you get to experience with them. To me, a lot of what I envisioned and what I desired, I always told myself was the rarity, right? And that's really sad. I, I always told myself that not everyone gets to have relationships like that, but you do. It's normal to have the relationships that I once thought was a rarity because every single person in that retreat that I was speaking to about those relationships, they got to have that. And you actually just get to have what you desire and you get to co-create that with someone. So that was huge for me. And I feel like from those conversations and from that thing being normalized, the standards for my relationships, both romantic and friendships, just instantly leveled up. And knowing that that is normal and it's not a rarity and I don't have to settle, the standards I'll be holding myself to and what will be my non-negotiables moving into romantic relationships are now solid because I got to experience that that's just how it gets to be. It's not the rarity. You actually can just create that and it goes for everything. Creating the life of your dreams, you just do that. Like you actually just get to do that. There was so much, like so, so much that I took from being on these retreats and in particular, actively and intentionally surrounding myself with people that I admire, right? People that are achieving the things that I want to achieve. Not even, you know, there was a level of on the retreats where I didn't know who was going to be there, but what I knew was that the people who would put themselves in those spaces are automatically the people that are going to expand me, right? There's a reason I have been on so many already this year. There's a reason I am locked into going to them again next year. There's a reason I'm running one myself at the end of the year because spaces like this can create total huge shifts in your world and you might not even realize it until months later. So do yourself a favor Put yourself in rooms with people who inspire the fuck out of you or put yourself in spaces where you know that you're going to walk out of there a whole new human. Put yourself in spaces where you know that the people in those spaces are going to expand the fuck out of you. Make the move to put yourself in these situations because that is where your growth is going to happen. That is where you will collapse your growth. That is where you'll collapse time. That's where the magic happens. That is all from me today. Just a quick little reminder that in the show notes, I have a link to be able to submit a question to the podcast to be potentially answered in an episode. You can submit a question around anything that you like, whether it is a question 
about me, that you want to know whether it's something around something you want to be coached on, whatever, whatever you like. I will choose one question per episode to answer. It can come with a shout out. It can be anonymous, whatever you like. You have that option to click that in the link. I keep forgetting to mention it. So there are no questions for me to answer in this episode, which is great because again, I've gone way over the length that I planned for this episode to be, but jump in, submit any questions that you have for the next episode. Have a great week ahead. Love you. Bye. Thank you so much for allowing me to be in your ear holes today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited that you chose to spend a little part of your day listening to my podcast. And I am so grateful that you are here. You are more than welcome to go and follow, subscribe, rate, review, share all of the things that podcasters are supposed to tell you to do. But what I would most want from you is if you listen to this episode and you thought of someone in your life that you think could benefit from it too, just share it with them because there's nothing more powerful than actually sharing the tools with people that they're going to help and that they're going to inspire. That is my life's mission. So if you feel that there is someone who is going to benefit from this information, that's all I ask of you. Have a wonderful day. Love you. Bye.